Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the Hockey News Prospect Podcast. Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Hockey News Prospect Podcast. I'm Stephen Ellis. Joining me today is Ryan Kenny. Ryan, how are you doing? Doing great. Happy New Year. Yes. Uh, hopefully, uh, 2021 is a much better year. I actually tweeted out today saying, I can't wait for the 2022 World Juniors when we're talking about the expensive ticket prices over whether or not uh, uh, this tournament should be happening in the first place. So yeah. that'll be a nice change. I kind of missed that, uh, those $40 mm-hmm. tickets that we see for two teams trying to fight out uh, in the relegation round. But we're going to preview. Uh, we'll, we'll briefly recap kind of what went on in the, in the round robin, and then we'll talk about what's going on in the quarterfinals. But the one thing I want to say to ask you here is um, not, not, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you about this, but the topic of this tournament and the competition, is this just a, a thing we just see every couple of years where we get a couple of the weaker teams just get completely blown out? Or is this something that we, we just kind of have to accept because it's a scouting thing more than an entertainment thing? Well, I really think the pandemic made it worse than it usually is because the, The minnow teams, they don't have the depth that the power countries have. So they're already kind of behind the eight ball. And then when you add in Austria losing Timo Nickel, their best defenseman and and an Anaheim Ducks prospect, when Germany loses Lucas Reichel and Moritz Seider decides, you know, not to participate because he was already playing games in Sweden. You know, he didn't want to have to quarantine on both ends. You know, it didn't make sense for him development-wise. All of a sudden, Germany and Austria are a lot weaker than they normally would have been. Now, I mean, would they still have been blown out? Perhaps, but maybe instead of 16 to 2, it's, you know, 7 to 3 or something like that. And, you know, maybe Austria gets a little more help for Marco Rossi, where, you know, Timo Nickel can, you know, help on the power play. He can transition the puck out of the zone. So, I think you really have to look at how that really affected some of the lower teams and it made things worse than usual. We also have to consider that, you know, because of the quarantining, because of a lot of the schedules, you know, these players aren't necessarily used to playing at this high a pace as they know, as they would in a normal season. I mean, yeah, a lot of the European kids were already playing, but again, they had to come over here and quarantine for a bit and, you know, it's just like another layer Mm -hmm. to add on to what's already uh, a very difficult situation. And, you know, the fact that things actually happened and, you know, we are looking at what's going to be a very competitive medal round. uh, I I think that's sort of the best we could have hoped for. 
And, and the other thing is, um, like, like look at Austria. I think they, they brought Sebastian Renschitz, who could come back next year in the tournament. He's only 18 years old. But they had some older options. And that's the thing. A lot of these teams kind of put a focus on next year because there was no relegation. So Austria, they can bring back, I believe, 13 players. So it's kind of a, a let's focus on next year type thing. And, yeah, it's a shame that there, there was not a whole lot of super competitive games in this tournament. Like, the Czech Republic-Russia game was fantastic. And, uh, the, obviously, the Sweden-Russia game. But then look at the final day and we're thinking like oh check austria we might see a, an interesting one there and austria didn't really show up and then canada absolutely put a clinic on against finland and then the americans scored two quick goals and sweden spent the entire game chasing and now the question is are they going to go on a 54 game losing streak um but uh it'd be hard they get relegated if that was the case but um it's it's man it's uh, this tournament has got some really good moments but what you're really watching this tournament you're you're watching for the medal round and yeah. that's just the nature of this and so sorry, Ken. Uh, I know uh, you've had been very uh, vocal about it, but we we had to cut, bring up some kind of different uh, ideas to the, the table. Now let's talk about the games ahead because this is what really matters here. Russia versus Germany is the first game on the quarterfinal schedule. Obviously, Germany's been a hot topic here when they they lost that game sixteen to two to Canada, but we knew like that was not the German effort we were expecting. They were using their third goalie on the roster, and he was more like the fifth goalie on the depth chart. If you look at a couple of the guys that were gone and. That definitely made it tough for them. And once they got their guy back and uh, they, they got their whole team back, it started to look like a wholly different situation. Um, then you look at Russia and they lost to the, the Czech Republic and that was a tough one. But otherwise, Russia was, I'd say, smooth sailing. I, I don't know if I'm like as thrilled about this Russian team as I was going into the tournament. I thought like when watching what they did, the Karyala Cup and the talent they had, I thought this was a team that may have been able to do a little bit more, but at the same time, we've seen Russian teams that have kind of just coasted their way in. And obviously they didn't exactly coast. They were still one of the top teams, but they kind of just didn't, didn't go out there and just dominate every single game and then start to perform when it really matters. So I think this is a still a Russian team. That's got a really good shot, but what are your thoughts about this matchup? Yeah, I would agree. You know, the Russians, they tend to save their best for the medal round and they almost always stumble at some point in the round robin. And I think it helps to focus them. So losing to the Czechs, you know, it was kind of an upset, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, you know, the Russians are finding their footing and, you know, we, we do have to remember they have a new coach in Igor Larionov and he's very you know, positive. Every time he talks, he's always like he's got yeah. a reason to smile even when they lose. Yeah, exactly. And, and he wants them to embrace their creativity, their offensive side. That's polar opposite to Valerie Bragan, who won a ton of medals preaching defense and, you know, playing the right way. And, and Bragan was a very emotional guy in a, in a different way. I know his players loved him, um, but he was very intimidating as well. So, you know, the Russians, they are, I think a lot of their players are still getting used to the different kind of freedom they have under Larionov. And, you know, there's been some hiccups along the way. I think that, you know, now that Germany's playing with a full team instead of 14 skaters or whatever it was at the beginning of the, the tournament, you know, they're a threat, especially with Tim Stutzla and uh, JJ Paterka and Florian Ellis, that amazing dynamic line that uh, really kind of saved them against Switzerland when things went south in the third period. You know, they are going to be a threat and Russia does have to be aware of them. But I just think that, you know, Russia's depth and the aggressiveness of their penalty kill is going to cause a lot of problems for Germany. I, I don't think this is the type of team that can give Russia 
a problem. If it was, you know, even Slovakia, a team that plays more defensively, like kind of like the Czechs, maybe that would have been a problem for Russia. But I think Germany, the way that they're structured, this should be a pretty easy game for the Russians. And that's the thing. If you, if you ignore Germany's top line, and obviously in these international tournaments, the smaller teams typically are more of a one-line team. And like Austria was kind of the same thing, even with just their one goal. But Tim Stutzler, 10 points. JJ Paterka, 10 points. Florian Eliash, 8 points. And then no other forward had more than two. And this is a team that was very top line heavy. Um, but, you know, this is a Russia, a German team that's just, they're really focused on next year and they're not going to have Tim Stutzler back and they're not going to have a few other guys. Like This is going to be a different look German team next year. So for them getting to the quarterfinals, that's, that's big enough because they've never done that before. They show that they can belong here. And uh, I think that's a, that's a really good sign because, um, you look at Switzerland, they're not here. And that's a, that's a rival for the Germans. And they had some really good uh, battles uh, before the tournament uh, back in the summer. So uh, yeah, th- this is a, a German team. That's definitely going to be overmatched. We Vesely Pod Colson starting to really play some really good hockey uh, for the Russians. I'm still Shakir Mukamadoula and I still don't understand what he's doing on a nightly basis, but uh, ask- yeah, he is, but he's a frustrating player to watch in a lot of cases, I would say. And I've, I've made that clear before, but um, Yaroslav Askarov, he's, uh, man, I don't want him to see playing the puck. He's not, he hasn't seemed to nail that part down in his game yet in this tournament, yeah. but, but it's, it's still a team where start to finish, you, you got to pick the Russians, but again, Germany's just got a lot going here. So that, that'll be a very interesting one to see. I think the, the game I'm most excited for though, in the quarterfinals is Finland versus Sweden. And you've got two rivals, never a fan of each other. And it's always, it, there's been times in the past we've seen Canada, USA, and Sweden, Finland be the two semifinal games. It's like, oh, that's awesome. Like the two rivals can be great games. But now we're going to see it right off the bat. And this is a very weird one because I, I wasn't very big on Finland heading into this tournament. I had them kind of as like the, the, the fifth place team and I had Sweden as the fourth place team. Sweden just be knocked down because they didn't have their full lineup. And we're starting to see like, maybe, you know, once it got into the harder competition, the Swedes just kind of really couldn't keep up. Um, and now we got a question of who's going to start for the Swedes. Is it going to be Jesper Wolkvist after his great game? Will it be who uh, you NFL's who's been the number one guy. And then in Finland, they, they lose last night to the Canadians, but I also don't think that was necessarily like, Canada just severely outplayed them, but I still think we saw what Finland could do and they were, they were dominant in the, the round Robin up until then. So I'm not like thinking that this is going to be a terrible outing for the Finns. They're still the number two seed here, but what are your thoughts about that game? This is definitely the hardest one to call. And I kind of go back and forth. I think that Finland got the wake up call they needed against Canada. And I mean, that pool was always really lopsided. And, you know, we saw it with the Canadian result as well. But I think for the Finns, that was the first game where they actually had to kind of play, really, other than their exhibition game against the Americans. So I think we'll see a better showing from them. And my concern with the Swedes, obviously, there's the goaltending. Who do you go with? Um, you know, I, I do think Elnefeld can rebound. He is a very good goaltender, uh, but Wallstead has also shown himself to be uh, really great. And Wallstead will be the number one goaltender in the 2021 draft, in, in my opinion. I don't think that's a, a wild uh, statement. So I, I don't think they can go wrong there. My concern with Sweden is that, you know, Philip Roberg looks really beat up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he already looked a little slower than usual. And then he took that huge hit from Tyler Clevin. 
in the third period against the Americans. So I, I'm, I'm just kind of worried. Part of it might have been that Sweden is playing a back-to-back, Russia and the U.S. I think Sweden actually had the hardest schedule yeah. of any team in the tournament. They kind of drew a, a bad lot there. But I'm a little concerned because their depth was hurt coming into the tournament because of COVID uh, restrictions. No Carl Henriksen. Alvin Greve, uh, I think he was the type of player that you would really want in the medal round. You know, a guy who can bang and crash, uh, give you some secondary offense. He's not here. Um, you know, Lucas Raymond's playing really well. Uh, I really liked Elmer Soderblom. And, you know, obviously the Swedish defense is still pretty solid with Soderstrom, Bjorn Trott. Um, you know, they go pretty deep there. But if Broberg's not 100%, you know, that's tough. And when I look at the Finns, you need – people to step up other than the Anton Lundell line, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Lundell and Seaman Tyvel and Hervinen have been great. Um, but, you know, they need a little bit more and Topi Niemela has been great on the blue line. Uh, so I'm not really concerned about that. I'm not really concerned about their goaltending. So I, I'm kind of talking myself into Finland here um, just because I'm worried about where Sweden's team is at right now. The day off would be, great for them i'm just hoping it's enough that we get you know that sort of clash of the nordic titans that we all love to see when these two teams meet and also like sweden they're kind of using like a bare bones coaching effort here this isn't the group that they intended to have so they've they've kind of had to they've had to kind of adjust as a result but then you look at that game against the americans and there's the two really bad goals against hugo nfl and this one like, yeah, you know, like that sucks. And, and that the first goal was behind the goal line. The other one was just a really good shot. Like to be fully fair to Trevor Zegers, it was a great shot. But you look at that and you think, well, you'd kind of want to pull your goalie because he, he might be mentally out of it. It's one thing to allow one bad goal. It's another thing to allow two bad goals in a short span. And Hugo Alnafet's mm. not known for kind of like psyching himself out after that. He's kind of one that's been very calm in the net. So all of a sudden he lets those two bad goals in and he it just – like the, like a couple of plays later, he tries to make a save and he's like three feet out of the crease and they almost score again. And, and it's looking like, man, you, you got to make the decisions there. So I, I don't know. It's like, how do you go and adjust after that? You, you lose your first two games that you've lost in the round Robin since pretty much any of these guys have played competitive hockey. And all of a sudden they're, they're in a weird spot, but maybe that's the kind of the momentum or the, the, the psyche they need going for because now they've gone to that adversity and obviously it's a different group, but now the pressure's off. Now they can play their game. Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, this is something we've said for years that, you know, maybe losing in the round Robin would be the best thing for Sweden since, you know, they haven't won a gold medal since uh, 2012, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they've only won two gold medals ever. Uh, so maybe it's good to face that adversity before you get into a one and done situation. Now losing two in a row, it's not great, but they get the day off to reset, and maybe this is a positive for them in the long run. All right, switching gears to Canada versus the Czech Republic, that 7 p.m. Eastern game, and Canada's just kind of rolling around here. We, we were wondering, like, I, I expected that game against Finland to go to, to overtime beforehand, and Canada just completely dominated, and the score was not a huge one by any means, but you watch that first period and the shots were 17 to one. And I believe at one point it was like 26 to three or 26 to four. So it's like, uh, it was starting to get pretty ugly for the Finns. And Canada just had a, a rock solid effort. And when Kirby Doc was out of the lineup, I wasn't 
personally too concerned about what Canada was going to be able to do because they still had that depth and they still had that talent. And this is a team I don't think that expected to get to Kirby Dock in the first place. The fact that he even got through the end of training camp and was still with the team, I think was a nice bonus. So um, they've, they've really shown that they haven't necessarily needed him. Uh, Devin Levi's been good. You know, he hasn't had the hardest competition. So it will be interesting to see once they get to, assuming they, if they are to get to the semifinals, what type of competition they'll face against the likes of, uh, of Sweden or Finland or whoever they're going to be playing. And um, it, that would be an interesting situation. But just the Czech Republic is also a very odd team. Where you saw that first game where I believe it was 7 1 to Sweden, and it was not a 7 1 game if you watched it. It didn't feel like a 7 1 game. Czech Republic played really good, and then just things fell apart. But that's kind of the thing with the Czechs. We saw it a few times in this tournament. They couldn't really maintain the, the, the speed and the intensity of an entire game. So, what are your thoughts on this contest? Well, this is one of those games where the first 10 minutes, I think, is going to tell the whole story. If the Czechs can play that, suffocating defensive style where they clog up the middle of the ice and they, you know, they keep Canada off the scoreboard. Then I think that gives the checks enough momentum to keep this close and, and even think about an upset because, you know, they have the goaltending, uh, whether it's Lucas Parikh or Nick Malik. Um, I would probably go with Parikh. I know you're a big Nick Malik fan, but, but I think uh, Parikh's the better goalie. I do think he's Parikh's, yeah, Parikh's, yeah. you know, he's, he's been really good. Um, and you know, I like how Michael Tepley has played on offense. I think he's been a good sort of veteran player for them. So if the checks can keep this low scoring, then they put themselves in a good position. If on the other hand, Canada gets a quick goal or two and the checks have to start chasing, then it's over. And you know, what we've seen from this Canadian team is they just swarm. I mean, you do not get a break where you have scorers on every line, even like when they've had an extra skater, like the third, you know, like the, the 13th forward has been at times an NHL first rounder. So you really don't get any reprieve and whether it's Dylan Cousins or Quentin Byfield or Phil Tomasino or Connor McMichael, like you just list down the roster, like Dawson Mercer, like anybody who gets on the ice has the chance to score at any point in time. And I think that's the big challenge with Canada is they come at you in waves and that's, they're going to put the pressure on the checks right away. And the checks are just going to have to have kind of a siege mentality if they want to survive. So this could be a blowout um, or it could be a close game. I know that's kind of a, a weird way. Cause like what else is there, but I think it, it's really dependent on the first 10 minutes and what Canada can accomplish against that check structure. Yeah, that's the thing about Canada. They haven't actually trailed at any point in this tournament. So this is one where if the Czechs really want to, to, to mess things up with Canada, they're going to have to score early. But the thing with the Czechs is we, we see them kind of year after year. They'll finish third or they'll finish fourth, and then they'll cross over, and then they're stuck in that they're playing a team like Canada. They're playing a team like Russia. And it's just like I, I feel almost bad for them because they're always outmatched, but that's also – part of a development problem so it's it's still a check team that i think you know like there's there's still some really good pieces i think they've got some really good young defensemen and they've got some good goaltenders they just they need everything to really click Mm. yeah and 
you know, like Jan Meshack is really good up front, you know, the Montreal pick. And I think David Jerichek, who's not up for the draft until 2022, has been pretty solid. Uh, Stanislav Stavozel, the 2021 pick, you know, he's looking pretty good as well. So they certainly do have elements. And I almost feel that when the Czechs don't have star power, they do a little bit better because they do rely on each other more. And I think this is one of those years. They don't have a guy who is that you know big star they don't have the martinettish kind of player uh they don't have a philip zadina where you know sometimes i i think the rest of the team has maybe tried to rely on those guys and that's when things have gone south i think they're a lot more cohesive this year and you know that speaks to what they've been able to accomplish uh, particularly in upsetting russia in the round robin yeah, and that was one heck of a defensive effort. I love their defense in this tournament, and they, they played a really strong penalty kill. They got in front of the pucks, and that's what really mattered. Now, talking about the final game of the day, the late one. This is going to be a very long quarterfinal day, uh, no matter what part of the world you are in. But USA versus Slovakia, and this is one where you kind of think this should be USA's game, and Slovakia, it's, it, that, that game against Switzerland really was – a turning point in their tournament, obviously very first game of the, the tournament for them, but uh, that one, nothing win basically put them into this spot. So what are your thoughts on this matchup? I, I don't see this one as being particularly close and it's more to do with how the Americans are playing right now than how, how Slovakia is playing. Um, Cause I almost see Slovakia as Czech light, you know, like they can keep it low scoring. And I thought they had a pretty good effort against Canada, but you know, the Americans, they got a lot of flash and, you know, it, it starts off with Trevor Zegers and it goes down from there. I mean, they have so many good shooters and so many talented guys from Kaliev and Caulfield, Turcotte, um, you know, you got Cam York on the back end and Jake Sanderson, you know, they have a lot of weapons. And my concern is that Slovakia won't have enough of an answer. And I think we'll probably see something similar to the Canada game. I don't think it's necessarily going to be, a blowout, but I don't think Slovakia is really going to test the Americans too much. I mean, if Samuel Halavai stands on his head in net, that's something. But I, again, like, I don't think he is Lucas Perry, like the Czechs have. I, I think I would put him a notch below. So it's, it's going to be tough for Slovakia. I think this is a game where the Americans can really kind of, you know, hone their game and, and, you know, look ahead to the semifinal. I mean, obviously they still have to, they still have to win the game. And I'm not saying that they're going to take the Slovakia for granted, but I don't think it's the kind of game that they're going to have to play a hundred percent in order to win it. I think this is the type of game that they can probably win in the first or second period. Yeah. And I have to fully agree on that one. The Americans haven't given up a goal since playing Russia. And even then that second half of the game, I think the Americans were the better team than Russia. Once they started to really calm down, Dustin Wolf got in the net and everything kind of just went from there. But uh, for Slovakia, it's just another year of, you know, they, they've got some really good young players on the team They They brought more youthful team. This is a group that seems like they're really kind of like Germany. Uh, they're focused on next year. Yeah. And you know, Uri Slavkovsky, the 2022 pick, uh, I really liked him in particular. I think he has a lot of great elements to his game on top of having a really big frame and a great reach. So I think this has been a great tournament for him. Uh, Simon Nemich, uh, who's also 2022. Uh, I think he's been pretty good on the back end. So you're right. It's funny because, you know, last year uh, or sort of earlier this season, I was thinking, 
man, this could be kind of the end of the road for Slovakia. Not this year because there's no relegation, but maybe next year. Now I'm starting to think a little sunnier when you have Slezkovsky and you've got Nemec. I, I see a little more hope for Slovakia. And I think getting those kids experience this year was a great move because they're really going to have to count on those guys next season. But I think those guys have the potential to be real difference makers, even though they'll still be some of the youngest players on the team next year. Yep, absolutely. All right, so that's the quarterfinal games, and uh, it's going to be very exciting to see what we're doing here because th- this is where it's supposed to get really fun. There's been some weaker moments in this tournament, but this is where the fun begins. Now, before we go, I want to get your early tournament awards, and obviously there's still a lot of time to be played, and all of our choices could still be changed. Who is your top forward so far in this tournament? Well, I'm going to go with Trevor Zegers for Team USA. You know, there's Tim Stutzla has obviously been incredible for Germany, but Zegers is playing just on another level. And obviously Team USA has put themselves in a, in a much better position uh, in terms of wins and losses uh, than the Germans. So I'm, I'm going to go with Zegers. Um, he's just looked outstanding. I, I, again, I can't go wrong with there. It was, it was kind of close between him and, and Dylan Cousins, but I just think that what Zegers is doing on the American team, which I, while strong, I don't think has the depth that Canada does. I think what we're seeing from Zegers is is incredible, and it could be neck and neck for these guys going forward to the point uh, for the highest point total. But uh, wow, I can't go wrong with Zegers. Who's your top defenseman? I'm going to go with Topi Niemela from Finland. Um, you know, he has been really good for them at both ends. And I think he has seven points already. Uh, saw a tweet earlier that I think he only needs three to uh, match the best in uh, Finnish world junior history for a blue liner. So obviously he's, uh, he's doing really well. And, uh, and again, you know, he, he's not a liability by any stretch of the imagination in his, in his own end. So it's good to have that two-way guy. Um, you know, obviously Canada's got some, some really good options too with Jamie Drysdale and Bowen Byram. Um, but with Niemela, I think he's been a real difference maker for the Finns. All right. Well, that's the exact same option I have, which means I'm pretty sure I know who your top goaltender is going to be to then too. Yeah, I think we're probably on the same page. Um, I'm going to go with Devin Levi. Uh, you know, he hasn't been super busy for Canada, but he has shut the door, uh, pretty much the whole time. And that even goes back to, the exhibition games against Russia. So, uh, you know, I mean, when you barely let in anything, that's as good as you can do. And I think, you know, there've been some other good goalies in this tournament, but none have been as consistent as Levi. Um, Askarov and Knight have had sort of up and down games, even though they've been fantastic uh, for the most part, but I'll go with Levi because he's basically been unbeatable. That's the thing about him. It's, it's, it's not necessarily that he's had to have the hardest competition, but it's just that, he hasn't done anything wrong. He's been very good. He's kept these games close. And, and may, maybe Finland gets an opportunity later in that game, and it's a different story. So I have to go with him. But uh, I also thought Thibaut Fatten on Switzerland was good. It just clearly wasn't enough when your team only scores one goal in the entire turn. Well, yeah, basically one, one goal until the final game that was. But I right. uh, kind of struggled. So it wasn't exactly uh, a great outing for him. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me. I'm, I'm pumped to get this tournament going back again. <laughs> 